Cox is having a yarn cause he's got nothing better to do Cox is having a yarn and one day he might have one with you Episode 7 of Have a Yarn With Me with your host Aaron Gox, who is also me. Um, uh, please, special, special, I can't even talk. It's not, a, it's not ideal when you're in the you're industry the of talking and yeah. you can't talk. Um, I'm just so nervous. What am I, you know. uh, no, please, please welcome our special guest, Damien Callanan. Thanks for coming on, Damien. Pleasure to be here. Happy to be in the top 10 first episodes, <laughs> assuming it lasts to 10. Yeah. Well, it's just, I live in Brisbane, so it's just gradually whoever's in Brisbane and... So it just whoever comes into town, do you just wait at the airport yeah, to see yeah. who gets off a plane? Did, didn't you notice that? No, did you, I, yeah. I did. I, I, I'm <laughs> glad you chased me and found me down at the powerhouse last night. Yeah. Missed me at the airport. Well, it's a bit of a bonus. Like, you get you get a lift by me, like, you, you know, I do have to harass you, but that's yeah. all part of I it. I foiled your plan by not coming by plane, by, by <laughs> yeah. driven... By what being was, driven down the range. What did you come by? Hot air balloon or something? Uh, yeah, I came, on, I came on a gondola. <laughs> Which is interesting because it's an inlet. No, it is a water. Well, I came down from the range. I came down the... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the river is. It comes off the top of the range. Yeah. Through the Lockyer Valley and uh, here I am. So um, you're in town for the Brisbane Comedy Fest. Yeah. Um, first, your, your first show was last night. Yeah. How did that go? Um, I reckon it was pretty close to my favourite ever opening night of a show. Oh wow, that's it was, great! It was that good of any show? You're not just you're not just sort of blowing. What's no, the saying? Blowing I, I, smoke. Smoke up Brisbane's. Uh, yeah, just because uh, we're we're known for a um, bit of testosterone over here. You're not you're not worried we'll just bash you. No, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you get over the ball. You're like, I lied. It wasn't. The- <laughs> <laughs> you can't get me now. <laughs> no, they, not if you had to see my audience last night. There wasn't a lot of testosterone. There was there was, there was a lot of medication in handbags. <laughs> oh, we're we're changing. We're we're changing. Yeah. Um, you know, have you seen the recent elections? It's a lot of expat vics, but you know, we got record green votes and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe we're just coming around like. In, on, on this, uh, just in the just in the southeast corner, though. Like yeah, the greens aren't getting. Maybe in. it's an eyesight thing. They wanted to tick national, but <laughs> it was right. Yeah, maybe because the, the nationals logo's got a bit of green in it. So yeah, yes. imagine imagine being the greens candidate in the seat of Kennedy or something. <laughs> yeah, be, oh, that'd my, be hard work. My favourite is the ones where they just don't even bother. Like, yeah, yeah. you're just like don't even turn it up. I'm, I'm not going to go on this to get one percent order. <laughs> I was at the last federal election. I was in um, a town called Burren Junction, which is in northern New South Wales. It's mm. a national seat, and I don't think I'd ever been in a place like. Oh, I had this twice. I was in the seat of New England for one election, but I went. I went to the polling booth because I was doing a show just in the hall, uh, and there was only one campaign poster <laughs> on, the, on the fence. Literally, just the nationals. Barnaby. The other guys. Was just, it Barnaby? Or? No, I can't remember his name now. Oh, um, oh that because Barnaby's national, seat. yeah. So it was state. For, oh. it, it was no, it was federal, but it was further west from Barnaby's seat. Oh, well, it okay. wasn't New England. I can't remember the name of the seat, but no. Uh, so I ended up putting. Um, I photoshopped my own campaign poster into the <laughs> picture. And, Do they vote for you? Yeah, nine percent. Got nine percent of primary. Surprising, not not enough to. You know, there's always there's always that controversy when someone doesn't live in the place, isn't there? They're, oh, they were parachuted in. But I feel like even those parachuted ones will start living there for a bit. Like yeah. you might be the ver- the first candidate who, just, who was literally just in for a one yeah. night, like just, just just stayed at a caravan next to the yeah uh, next to the thermal pools. But to to your credit, if you did like an hour show, that's probably longer that's right. than. Any speech that anyone's ever given <laughs> as a politician—that's true. And the show, I, and in that show, I was doing most of the show was about the town. So, yeah, you know, I think that's that's a fair campaign speech. Yeah, exactly. So you probably should have won. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, so we'll get into the. Uh, um, so we've talked about why you're up here for the Brisbane Colony Fest, um, and I mean, there's. It's pointless because by the time this comes out, you'll, yeah, you'll have right. gone. So. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's start pumping. Maybe, maybe it'll come out just before your next Brisbane Colony Fest. That's a good yeah. idea. Um, maybe I should make up what that show is and see if people come to it. Yeah. Um, well, that's the problem. Like, people say when people try and – I mean, everyone knows what a podcast is now, but I remember in the early days people trying to explain, like, it's kind of like radio, but it's yeah. like – but then there's so many things where it's a lot worse where, like, the – 
like radio is great to promote the thing, you know, where it goes straight to air and yeah. it's like you can promote that thing Absolutely. that you're in town for. But a lot but of people, we go on these things and like, you got anything to plug? And yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, I'll be out of town by the time. Absolutely. Yeah, but anyway. Um, well, let's make up a show that I'm going to do in Brisbane in three years' time. Yeah. Do you want to do a duo or something? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, maybe we can. You've um, already done Fat and Skinny, so we yeah. can't do that. Well, maybe we can, um, you know. Get, get our merger characters back yes. together. Yeah, that's a good Town idea. Town Killer and Porterhouse. <laughs> Town Killer and Porterhouse. Yeah. Like we, we were like a travelling. It's, it's like that um, Jacko and – what was it? Jacko and Chopper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Charlie we've Boots. we've killed like less a, people. Like, yeah. a road, like a road trip. Yeah, yeah. We drive around the country looking for a – you're looking for a pub job and Mel looking for a team to coach. <laughs> yeah, that would be great, yeah. yeah. And I can uh, prepare the, the meals for the Town Killer and Porterhouse. I like it. Yeah. Even though I'm not a chef, but – Anyway, come and see Town Killer and Porterhouse. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's well, going off. We've got to work on the, the content. Um, but, yeah, so I, I saw you last night. Uh, I've asked you to come on. Um, and you're here, so let's, let's get let's into get it. In. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the, the Damien Cullinan journey. So, um, I mean, where, where'd you grow up? You're a Nor- northern suburbs Melbourne boy? Or? Yeah, that's right. Um, the unfashionable suburb of Watsonia. I actually, I actually played a, a footy game. Did you? There, you know the field on the corner. Yeah, yeah. AK, That's when I was living in um, AK Lines Reserve. I think it's called. Yeah, I was living in Reservoir. Yeah, that was the first place I moved to when I was in Melbourne. Pretty uh, bit rough. Yeah, but um, it's a bit gentrified now. They've got like, yeah, you know, cafes that are called like the Ladybird and stuff like that. Yeah. But who were, you, who were you playing for? Uh, Fitzroy Stars, actually. Fitzroy Stars, I Indigenous club, they're great. Yeah. But I, I got, I'm not actually Indigenous myself. Um, I mean, the way I explain it is, I don't know if this is good or bad, whatever. It's just a bit of fun. But, uh, you know, like Eminem, the rapper? Yeah. Where, like, the African-Americans took him in. We're like, oh, he can rap. <laughs> so I say, they were like, oh, he's a funny fellow, one of us, you know? Like, yeah, funny right. fellows, wow. like a black fellow, yeah. Right. <laughs> But the, I mean, did you play a whole season I, for them, or just a well, handful I didn't of games? Play many games, no. Yeah. Um, they were my local team, yeah, because yeah. I lived in Thornbridge, just up the road from that ground. Yeah, um, it's a great club, but I, not. No, I didn't play many. Um, I was playing reserves, and I, I found footy really difficult because I grew up in Brisbane with rugby league, which is yeah. a lot less running than footy. I love foot, I love both sports, but um, so much more running in footy. Yeah, I was getting. Oh. Yeah. Two touches, three touches. Yeah, it's really. It's not fun when you're not getting touches. No, you know? no, no, no games. I mean, but that certainly, like union, you can yeah. you can be a winger and a shit team and never get a touch. But in um, because in rugby league, of a front row which takes like the first run of the set. Yeah, and it's basically if you you just nominate yourself, you just go, can I have a you know like here or yeah right. I mean, they can choose not to pass it to you. That's an option. But basically, if you want. It's very different to like getting your own ball in footy, you know. Yeah, right. You just you just ask for it and they give it to yeah. you. Yeah, it's like it's quite interesting because like I, I like looking at the differences of the cultures and yeah. and people and especially in the footy speak with oh well, you know like brought his own ball that sort of thing. And, yeah. But I love like oh he, he got a lot of it he got a lot of the ball and I'm like I can do that in rugby league I just have to ask for it. <laughs> and also when you first started a club, particularly in Aussie rules. Blokes might not pass it to you because they don't, they don't trust you yet. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I always... Well, also because the worst get... I got put into, like, forward pocket, right? Yeah. Is, is that a common put the worst bloke there sort of thing? Or? Forward or back pocket. Yeah. yeah. Kind of hide you and hide you on one of the, the corners. The, the name sort of gives it away. Pocket. <laughs> pocket. Keep it in the... Keep, keep it in there if we, if we get desperate. Yeah. You can Let, reach in Let's the, just say not many blokes want a Brownlow medal from the yeah, forward pocket. Yeah, yeah. Pocket. That's right. Apart from... Lee, well, Lee Matthews never wore a Brownlow, but he was like a... Resting, yeah. a resting forward. Yeah, well, like yeah, the game's always changing. Now they've um, the back. Is it back pockets or backs? Like Dacos get a lot of the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, the running, we're, the not here, we're not here to talk uh, proper footy. Well. More. <laughs> um, so Watsonia. Um, yep. Ra- born and raised there. Born, born in the area, or yeah, yeah born in the Diamond Valley Hospital. Um, I was the youngest of five, and mum and dad had lived in the bush before I was born. Dad was a school teacher, so I used to move around a bit. Um, so yeah, because I was the kind of city baby. But um, Diamond Val- Diamond Valley is a lovely name, isn't it? It it's is. Like, it sounds is that evocative. one of those like bit of a trick ones? Where it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just great. Kind of, just Greensboro. It's just you know. No, but what I meant was kind of like. I, I don't I don't like to sort of joke about suburbs and stuff, but yeah. there's a famous, like, Sunshine is, 
yeah, not yeah, as yeah. sunny and shiny as, as the it name. should be. Is is Diamond Valley not quite the like? <laughs> oh, it's a bit better. It, to be honest, I lived in the shittest suburb in the area. Mm. So the Diamond Valley is quite leafy, and it's places like Eltham and Montmorency. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's yeah, the Plenty River and the Plenty Gorge kind of run through it. But what's only was easily the ugliest suburb in it. it was an army barracks at one end, and then just a strip of paddocks in the <laughs> middle that were left not built on. To um, eventually they were going to build a highway through it. Oh yeah. <laughs> but so for the twenty years of I lived there, there was just pad, like really ugly. Um, yeah. They barely even mowed them. <laughs> but it was good. We used to play cricket and footy down there. And yeah. So well, I had a, yeah I had a had a I fun f- upbringing. I feel like we're a little bit similar for the upbringing where I was that outer suburbs of Brisbane. Not yeah. not fully out, but that edge, edge. out enough. Yeah. Yeah. Out enough that you're not in a city. And yeah. My, you, I don't you, know why we lived there. My dad. Dad got what's called a war service loan because Dad was in the Air Force in World War mm. Two, and I don't know whether they got to choose where the where the land was. Yeah, was it seemed a bit random. It was in the kind of they they lived in Preston and Northgate, and, and mm. people tend to kind of leapfrog out in a straight line out of the city. <laughs> yeah, so you end up. Well, trends do trends change. Like um, my parents got this rental house, and they were told at the time in the early nineties, which is true. It's like everyone was going out. Yeah, and then it became cool to be in, because you know how like inner city suburbs yeah. used to be rough a lot of them, and then they become gentrified. You know, like like even here, like where we are now, Fortitude Valley, that was really rough. Yeah, kind of like Fitzroy, you know. That's yeah, all, yeah. Well, it was pretty. When I grew up, it was pretty rough. The there used to be the, the gangs used to be the sharps. The, you yeah, know, yeah. Know that culture. Yeah. So there were two. There were two big gangs in the area. There was the Thomastown Sharps. And the Borough Boys, and um, <laughs> they were both feared. I remember as a kid being mum, mum and dad, or dad going down to pick up my sister at a dance at St Mary's Greensboro, and as we pulled in, and I had no no idea, he just went, "Oh no, the Thomas Town Sharps here," <laughs> and it was just this sea of guys with um, those mullets that they used to call droogs. Oh yeah, Have you heard yeah. of those? Yeah, they're yeah. like really closely cropped, and they're like a little yeah, little yeah. fan down the back of the it's neck. It's coming back a little bit, but yeah, white t-shirts, grey lees. Um, maybe treads. Treads were those shoes made out of like sh- strapped leathers together. Yeah, yeah. Sandals essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Connie's. Was that, um, there was a, a unique to Australia thing, wasn't it? The shot. Because a lot of things, yep. a lot of things will imitate America and England with, with gangs and things. Yeah. But I've read about the, the sharps were like. The sharps was it, yeah. The sharps and the, the, there was the bodgies and the widgies and that was coming back a little bit, but. Just the sound of them has got that Aussie yeah. sound too, yeah. But the good thing, the interesting thing about the costuming that they used to wear was it was very Melbourne, like the, the treads, and they used to wear these jackets, little cardigans called Connie, C-O-N-T-I, that were like two-tone, yeah. really tight-fitting two-tone, like two-tone green, two-tone blue, two-tone brown. Yeah. And so it was like they were quite, you know, like quite fancy dressing up for a yeah. game to go, let's go out and let's go out some stabs and prints. Yeah. But we're going to put on a little tight card. Is it, is, it, is it almost a little bit like mods, but the yeah, mods, of mods and sharps? That's yeah, what they yeah. were. Um, like anyway, the jam, they, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, but that was the Australian version of it. Yeah. Anyway, we used to. What, my youth was like living in fear of the Borough Boys turned up to one of your things, and oh, okay. it finally happened one day. I was at a St Mary's Greensboro, my parish. They used to it was famous for having a disco, and it got so violent because the Borough Boys used to keep coming. They had to can it and this was before i was going out anyway i was in the youth group and the the new priest went oh i'm gonna start the, the discos again and, and we were like we were a bit innocent because we hadn't been there during <laughs> those days and he went yeah yeah, yeah good so we turned off the dance and there was hardly anyone there we got there early we we're just sitting on the ground down the back corner there was like more mums kind of running and running around yeah. Warming up party pies and shit, and, <laughs> and Father Jory just kind of like walking around, just going, "Oh, this isn't going very well." And all of a sudden, we looked up, and the Borough Boys walked in, and they had, at the, it was like a phalanx, you know, like there's one at the front, and there's like a pyramid of them <laughs> fanning out across the room. Yeah. And then through the middle of them walked this giant who was known colloquially in the area as Hippo, <laughs> and oh. a hip. I'm just getting an image, like there's one of those classic where you don't even have to have a photo of it. No, you yeah. can picture him. Yeah, yeah. And Hippo just kind of walked walked around there. He looked around the room and they saw us and they just made a beeline because there was no one else there. And <laughs> one by one they just started going, 
just walking up and he'd just walk up to one of us and just punch us. Oh, God. <laughs> Until eventually Justin Barker got up and ran out of the hall. <laughs> and we went, oh, that's an option. We could have just run off. So, it, like, I don't know, it's like often with gangs, it's, it's mindless, just fuckery. Yeah. Did they have a, like, did they have any purpose? Were they just like no? They stay were just out looking for suburb trouble. Or, yeah. No, it was. I do remember after about they, um, they hit two of my mates, and then it got to me, and I thought I'm not going to stay sitting down. I stood up, <laughs> and he just punched me into the wall, and um, and at that point, I think his mates turned on him a bit. And went, nah, leave them, mate. They're they're you know. Then they're not worth it, you know. Yeah. Like literally, they're not putting up a fight. They're just three little skinny kids. Yeah, God. Um, and we managed to get out, and uh, we found out later on they punched up the priest. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so Father Jury never organised another disco <laughs> at Mary's Hall. Oh dear. He took one. He took a beating for the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, interesting uh, up, upbringing then. And um, yeah, look, it wasn't all terror, but there was a period. You know, yeah. There's, there's that that era when you're like 15 to 18. It's mm. not. It's not great when you're no. like if. You're just trying to keep out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. If you're in a suburb like that. And like um yeah, staying out of like bad influences and stuff. Yeah. Um so and you did your did your schooling nearby? Um Yeah, I went to St Mary's and then I went to Parade Christian Brothers College. So all boys, all sport. What suburb was that? That's in Bandura. Oh, okay, yep, yep. It's good similar good similar footy school. Yeah, yeah. Um famous footy school. <laughs> in fact recently I got asked um they have a Hall of Fame and they, the old boys kind of organisation contacted me and said, oh, we're having a Hall of Fame. And I went, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we want you to host it and uh, present uh, and induct Peter McKenna. Oh, awesome, yeah. Into Collingwood, the Hall of Fame, Collingwood yeah. star. I couldn't do it. I was, I was on tour, so I had to knock <laughs> it back. That's nice to get asked. Those yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it would have been nicer to get asked to say we're going to put you in the Hall of Fame. Oh, but yeah. I think I'm, I'm a couple of, you know, I'm a couple of rungs it. away from that. Yeah, but then you can like, you know, this you can go in as player, coach, contributions to the game, and that's right. Well, talking of footy, did you did you, did you play much or how'd you how'd yeah, you? Go? Yeah, I yeah, I played. I played um, played till I was like thirty. In fact, I've just been in Toowoomba the last couple of days running school workshops where I taught briefly in my earlier teaching days. Yeah, and I played f- country footy there for. Uh, they're now called. University Cougars, South East Queensland Uni. Those days they were called the Institute Eagles. <laughs> um, played one year and, in fact, I still keep in contact with about eight of eight of the blokes from that year. They're all coming to the show tomorrow night. Did you, did you find um, up on the mountain the ball, you know, travel a bit? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> well, I, I found there, was, there were days where we, we had to nearly cancel the game because of fog. Yeah, yeah. Because it's right at the top of the range. Because I was, yeah, I was just talking to you recently and because um, I grew up in Brisbane, but then I lived in Ballarat for a bit. Yeah. In Victoria and I compared Toowoomba. I, I, when I told you that, I didn't yeah, realise yeah. you lived in Toowoomba for a bit because I was uh, trying to compare Toowoomba to Ballarat. It's so, so, you get an so idea. much alike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you know Ballarat, you know yeah. Toowoomba. It yeah, like all that. And it's, it's that, cold, like properly it's cold. It's that town up on a mountain about an hour and a half away, gardens and flowers. and Yeah. What did I say the other day? A bit of a private school scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a fascinating place to, to live. You know, I'd gone from living in Darwin for a year wow. as a 21-year-old. Had the had a wild year that was like – it was crazier than my university years. Yeah. And then ended up um, living in Toowoomba, which is one of the most um, – Jeez. <laughs> but like – that's actually, you know, that's what I think we've got similarities of like bouncing around like that because yeah. the extremes. But that's a really big extreme. Like, yeah, yeah. It was so conservative. Because you, you went what you went Melbourne to Darwin yeah, to Toowoomba, Toowoomba. And I went Brisbane to Melbourne to Ballarat to Brisbane. <laughs> so, like, we really are. Yeah. Did you find the, the body, body, what would you call that? Body temperature? What, what, oh, look, when you're younger, you adapt a bit quicker. Yeah. I reckon. Because I, no, I, I came back in my mid-30s and I was struggling with the heat back up yeah. here after living in Ballarat. So, yeah, I was 21. I must admit going to Darwin, like it was, I got off the plane and I, f- I kept walking away from the plane just going, when's the heat of the engine going to stop? Mm. And I uh, realised that was the actual temperature. Yeah. Um, but you adapt to it pretty quick mm. when you're young. 
Yeah. I didn't adapt to the hangovers very much because <laughs> you drink quicker and you di- de- dehydrate quicker. Yeah. So probably. I thought I was pretty piss fit when I went there. I had three years at uni and uh, I got up there. And, and probably was... less things going on. Is that? Oh, <laughs> uh, I had a pretty. I went pretty hard at uni, but um, yeah. But the first couple of hangovers in Darwin, I was like, hang on, this is, this is like. No, all... I meant like activities. Like drinking would be. Yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of activities going on, so you're like, oh, look, I don't know. Darwin's <laughs> pretty social. There was a, you know, it was the yeah. 80s. It was a bit frontier time, but there was, there was always a gig on or a okay, party yeah. on. There was a lot of lot of young teachers up there, so it was yeah. one of those social years of my life. But, the, but it all involved drinking. It's the one part of Oz I haven't been to yet, NT, but I really want to go. Yeah, it's an awesome place. Yeah. yeah, I've heard good things, yeah. And so I went from one school where, like, literally we used to have – the school swimming sports were at night and the pool was across the road from the school in Casuarina and there was, like, a staff versus um, parents relay and they <laughs> – the, uh, they had a baton and the baton was – you had a stubby, a full stubby. So you had to swim side stroke and then pass the stubby at the end. Like in a pool. <laughs> And then they, so all the parents were just sitting on the hill drinking, drinking in eskies, watching their kids in swimming races. I went from that to Toowoomba, which was so conservative. Wow, yeah. My first day of teaching, a kid came up, I was up on the top oval teaching rugby, which I didn't know how to do. <laughs> and um, the kid came up, just trotted up to me and he said, Sir, Wilson and Watson to Barber. And Wilson and Watson stood up and trotted after him and went away and came back 15 minutes later with their head shaved with number ones. <laughs> wow. That was, that was kind of the environment. There's like, so, there's like a barber works at the school. Yeah. Like. They're all, most of, I think they're about 60% boarders. So, um, yeah, another day. They, they, and the way you spoke, like, talk about conservatives, it almost had that old British style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like it felt like it was still 1957. Like speaking in surnames and... Yeah. Jenkins, Jenkins. director, the, you know... Yeah, yeah. The I next love day, that old footage, you know, when they're like, and then lads arrived back from <laughs> when Australia hadn't quite found its own voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a bit of that, and also, I mean, the kids were very Aussie, but but yeah, just the way they spoke, and that we were spoken to by the mm. like the, the teachers would call them by their surnames, and yeah. Um, another day, a kid trotted up to me in the same way, and he went, "Pigeon and Prendergast to nurse." <laughs> Like in modern time now, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, what? I said, yeah. What, what's it? They're going to get wormed. What's what's going on? That's um, funny. So it was a yeah, it was a really real eye opener. I mean, there probably is still little pockets of conservatism and Britishness around, and <laughs> yeah, I think some of that stuff still exists in those, in those schools. I mean, hopefully, it's not quite as yeah. transgressive as it was. <laughs> yeah, I remember I spent a very little amount of time at a private school in grade eight and this, they had like on the socks garters so your socks stayed yeah. up and those things like that that are a little bit from a, feel like from a different yeah. era sort of thing. Well, the workshops I were doing were at Fairhome College which is like to, um, to my grandma's sister yeah. school and they, they're actually doing a musical together this week. They're doing Footloose. And, yeah. Um, so, and it, yeah, it, it, it like the uniform is, is like really conservative looking. But you can tell things have moved on, like the yeah. Um, well, like you said, a lot of borders. So towns like Ballarat and Toowoomba, are like sort of farmers will send their kid yeah, there and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Darwin, Toowoomba, um, bit of footy. Um, sounds like great, great growing up. And then um, so we'll move along to uh, sort of arts, arts and entertainment. Yeah. Was, uh, you went? Did you go straight into comedy, or was there a sort of no, stepping well, stone? Well, I'm teaching, so those years I was, I went, I did a went to Australian Catholic Uni and did a teaching degree. Mm. So that's what took me to Darwin and to Wombo and and I taught on mainly on for about twelve years. Took long service leave. Had one. I had one year off when I travelled and. Uh, taught in Japan for a while. And, wow. And during that period was where I started to go, you know. But you, I like you say off, but you're still working. You mean off? Yeah, yeah. But you still work, like you, I guess it's like a holiday work. Yeah, six or, months I didn't work and six months I did. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I got a half work. How'd you holiday. find that? That was like, yeah. Yeah, Japan was full on. It was um fascinating place to work. That's, that's why I didn't know that. Um, yeah, because you, when you work in a place, you get a bit more of an understanding of the culture and... And it gave me a lot more exposure to cultural experiences, yeah. which were great. Things like um, 
they have this festival. Uh, I think it's a week called. I think it's called Golden Week. Yeah. One of the ceremonies is in in all the little areas. Um, people carry these. They're called makoshis. They're like. Um, it's like maybe 15, 20 people hold these. It's like a little shrine on sticks. Oh, okay. So you kind of like, to a beat of a drum, you kind of like bounce down the street, kind yeah. of this thing. And the idea is you're making all this noise to wake up the spirits to say, you know, it's it's springtime. You yeah. Know, bless, bless us and bless our harvests and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And you, you make your way to the the main shrine, Shinto shrine in the area. So I got to be involved in that, like we got invited yeah. to do it. The only problem was there's like 15 of us holding the thing and they're all about five foot and I'm six foot. So every time it bounced, it just You smashed. feel like a bit just, of a giant just, there. It just smashed on my shoulder. Oh. <laughs> um, and they'd keep, like every time you'd go out for a rest, they'd just push you back in because they liked <laughs> seeing you do it. But by the next day, um, both my shoulders were black and blue. Oh, God. Yeah, because I find that. Anytime you're using muscles that you don't normally use too, that they're yeah, yeah. extra painful because the well, this muscles. was just this was impact. This was just from the smashing, like, yeah. Just because what was it? it was like timber, was it? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah timber. They're real, like, um, it, like it took fifteen or twenty people to hold it up. Wow, and it's just bouncing. Up. Yeah. Was there anything about uh, like your Watsonia upbringing that prepared you for Japan? For was Japan, like the not food at all. Court, food court Chinese and like. <laughs> It was different to like the, you know what I mean? The suburban yeah, yeah. like beef. Well, and this black was in thing. the early 90s, so yeah. you know, not everyone spoke English and there were certainly no English signs anywhere. So it was pretty hard to get around to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Um, people who did speak English always wanted well, to that's talk to you. I, f- I feel like I've never been out of Australia, but from what I've heard, the world is very, in the last couple of decades, very like, what would you call it? Globalized, where there's yeah, yeah. English everywhere and things like that. So their attitude too was like they loved. Hanging out with uh, Western foreigners, I love practicing their English on them, and you get invited to stuff. But when push came to shove, and again, this is this is a while ago, it's been yeah, a while yeah. since I've been there. They were, they were quite racist towards. There was different grades. It was like, like they saw you as we a novelty. Were like the, they were least racist to Western foreigners, and then um, sliding scale down to Koreans. They just hated Koreans. Wow. They were assholes to Koreans. Um, and there's like generational like slaves who. Have been living there for three generations, and they they can't vote. They don't get help. Wow, yeah. that, that was this is in the early nineties, so it was uh, it was quite interesting seeing that, seeing the mm. a less sanitised version of um, their approach to yeah. the world. Well, any time you do talk about places, you've got the fun stuff on the surface, yeah. and then the and serious the same, stuff. Same bubbling, thing here, people bubbly underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, to... exactly. Like so, oh. well, there was one time where we like we were about to move into a. Um, uh, Place it was like we were going to live upstairs, and there was an English school downstairs, and we were going to be the teachers in it. My my wife at the time, Kath, and um, we got there on the day, and the owner of the building, so there was an Australian woman running it, but the owner of the building found out that Gaijin, which is like the colloquial bad term for foreigners, that Gaijin were moving in, and he said, "No, they can't live here." Wow! So we just had to pack our bags. We'd already moved out of where we lived, and didn't have yeah. a job, didn't have anywhere to live. And do, do you um? Oh. I hope this isn't too tough of a question, but like mm. I like to think we all like to think how we think would be no matter what. But did that shape you as like oh I should treat people maybe better and yeah. Not, yeah. You know. Oh look, you know you it's it's unusual to be as a, as yeah, a that's what I'm saying. You're as a Western as a Western white male to to have the foot on the other she on the other foot yeah, and to yeah. be racially profiled and that's what that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Not to say like you would have not. Being respectful of, of cultures yeah. no matter what, but that might have been something where, like, oh, this doesn't feel good. I'm going to make sure I'm. That's right. Well, yeah, I guess so. But also, it also made me go, well, I'm not going to judge the entire Japanese race on the, this yeah. guy's opinion. Well, I could see, in the same way, I don't judge all Australians yeah. on, on the on the rednecks and the racists. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was, yeah. I mean, it's eye opening. It's different to travelling, working in a place. I must say, it kind of did expose me to the beautiful and the not so beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah, and so it's a pretty, it's a more of a changing experience. Um, yeah, that's and I was a, young too. I was still only in my mid twenties when I was doing that. So. Yeah, because that's what I try to. I think I think empathy is very important, and put you like, what would I be like in that? And I don't like hearing, you know, I don't like hearing stuff like, oh, they stick to their own, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, and it's like, well, we probably all would. Like, if I was somewhere, I'd, 
probably try and find food I like and people speaking English. Yeah. And so, yeah, just try and empathise. But that's really uh, interesting to, like, um, having gone through that. Mm. Um, and I guess, um, yeah, we can be thankful we don't have to. But, um, yeah, so, wow, so Japan, then... And from there we went on a... We kind of just went on a big trip after that, sort of through... Um, through Europe and yeah. USA, and um, it's a pretty good time. So, how how did you get started with um into in with comedy? Well, interestingly, it was when, it was while I was away that year um, that I started to think, oh, what will I do when I get back? Because I like teaching, but I was like, oh, I, yeah, I had a bit of a compulsion to perform. Yeah, and I actually met um, an Australian couple when I was living in Japan, and. Uh, Joe and Simon. Joe was from Melbourne, but they lived in Japan. But she was a drama lecturer, and she was while she was in Japan, she was doing all this. Like she was studying Japanese theatre, and um, and I kind of became really fascinated, and, and I kind of kept talking to her. And she said, "You know, go go back and study when you get home." You know? So I went, "Oh, maybe I should." So when I came home, I went back and did a graduate diploma in performing arts, which s- some of the um, students were teachers. And others were practicing artists, everything from like clowns to music therapists, <laughs> um, real, real mixture of visual artists. Um, yeah. So that kind of exposed me to a whole bunch of stuff. And at the same time as that, I was started doing impro courses, and that was the real clicker. I went impro. Yeah, it's addictive, I, just like. Yeah, I was found out I could do character and I could make people laugh, and it was the first time I went, ah, oh, I'm not just funny to my mates. I'm, yeah, I can be funny. That's a, a great, great feeling. Yeah, like uh, so that was the that was the first kicker, and then I spent a few years, and there was no way that I was like I had no intention of being a stand up. That wasn't or a, even a comedian. I just went. I just want to perform and try different things. Yeah, and eventually one day I was in the in the SP in St Kilda, yeah, and uh, I was actually waiting to meet a mate who I taught with in Japan. And he was running late, and I just wandered into the Gershwin room, and they—that was the famous start-out room. In and this Melbourne. Is, is this like this? You don't have to get the exact year yeah. or anything, but it's like late nineties. Late nineties, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This would have been ninety-six. Because a lot of—I love reading about the like you know, pathways and the trailblazers, yeah. and um, th- that's something I often hear coming up is like SP in the early days. Yeah, certainly in Melbourne, and yeah. they yeah they had a thing called the waiting room. So Sundays was the waiting room and then Tuesday was the kind of pro night and so you'd hopefully graduate yeah. to that. Um, so I did, yeah, and I accidentally wanted in. And I didn't even know open mic comedy was a thing. Mm. Yeah, well, that, that's that's something I often hear repeated is yeah. we don't, we don't. And so there's something to learn from that. It can do a lot better of... But I think now as time goes on, the public is starting yeah. to find out about the, the culture of comedy, that you have to try yep. stuff. And But, yeah, back in the day, well, I say back in the day, I started late 08, that sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, even then we didn't know that there were these open mic But I wasn't and, even looking for it. Yeah, Doxy. yeah. I, 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 but so were you a fan, like just a bit, part-time like comedy been, fan? Not much? I'd started, like in my, you know, uni years, I used to occasionally go to the joke and last laugh. Mm. Um, just like the late night stuff. So that was kind of my own experience early seeing. I'd see the likes of Richard Stubbs and um, Empty Pockets, mm. Judith Lucy, yeah. um, Simon Thorpe, some of that kind of, you know, yeah. uh, saw Shane Bourne a lot. I think we're similar. You, you kind of, I knew, like here in Brisbane, I knew that there was a sit down was there and I'd been a couple yeah. of times, but I didn't seek it out. No. And maybe if an act came from America I liked, I might have. I think I saw Stephen Wright at QPAC, and yep. but I wasn't this big into comedy that like a lot of people, a lot of people who get into comedy are. I wasn't this massive fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of almost drifted. And it wasn't until around the time that I started doing improv and all that, I started occasionally going to comedy festival shows. And I remember mm. there's a few that really hit me. One was um, New Joke City, which was Matt King, Darren Casey, and Flutie, mm. and. Um, I just seen they were doing stand up, but they were kind of also like in a share house. It was kind of a bit sketch. Yeah. Um, and that one really stuck. And there was another one, um, Dave O'Neill and um, Paul Collegia, Felicity Manager, and I think it was called Smells Like Bin Night. 
And there was the first couple of times where I went, oh, this is fun. You can kind of do other stuff. It's not just – it had stand-up elements, yeah. but it had sketch elements. Well, one thing I'm interested about is, like, so we know, we know the Comedy Fest now is this big machine, right? Yeah. But so do you have memories of it, the early days or, like – Yeah, not, it was yeah. pretty small then. Like, it was um, – the scale of it, like it, it, it was starting to make a bit of a hit. This is, I'm talking like 94, 95, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. They were starting to use Melbourne Town Hall, but a lot of it was out at the Last Laugh, which was in Carlton in those days. Yeah. Or the, the comedy Because now, now it kind of takes over the CBD yeah. a bit. But yeah, it was a bit everything more boutique takes time in to those it. Like days. Brisbane is gradually growing when it, the first 10 years or whatever is literally yeah. in one venue, the powerhouse. Yeah. Now they're... Spreading their wings a bit, but yeah, it's interesting. Well, th- this gives you an example of it. So one night I was, I can't remember what was going on, but I was driving through the CBD and I went, ah, oh, comedy festival's on at the moment. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll call in. And I'd heard that it was that was suffering at the town hall, and I basically just sort of walked in, just bought a ticket, and just walked straight in to see Dave O'Neill and College, and I didn't know who they were at that stage. Yeah, doing the show in this little room. And it just felt, yeah, it felt very accessible, and not the massive queues and everything that you get now. Yeah. Um, so, but none of that was like me saying, you know, having a thought, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I just yeah. kept trying stuff. And it wasn't until I did stand up that I, and my first gig was a horror story, but I kind of knew what I'd done wrong. And I was very lucky the very next night I started rehearsal on a play and um, the director, as an exercise, he made everyone tell a story to the rest of the cast just to get to know each other. And I told my horror first gig story from the <laughs> night before and you know what actors are like? Actors are fascinated by stand up and they're all like leaning in, and, and, <laughs> and the story killed. Yeah. And it was actually really good because it made me go, ah, oh, tell a story. Don't, don't, you know. Mm-hmm. I played around with that for a while, and now I'm a character comic and I'm, I do stand up, mm. do jokes, but I think probably the thing I love the most about performing is storytelling. Mm. Yeah. Um, thing I've kind of honed. And sometimes that's telling the story through character and think, shaping a narrative, yeah. but. I think it's something great to take, like, oh, you know, I thought of this. It, it, I brought it to life and people liked it. That's a yeah. good, That process is pretty great. Um, yeah, well, that's, like, that's really interesting to hear about, like, seeing those, um, the growth of the fest and, 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 the, and the venues yeah. and things. And, um, and then I remember seeing a few, I started to see a few internationals after that. The first couple, the first inter- internationals I remember were Jack D., in, uh, English comic, mm. the ones that really hit, um, Lee Evans. Have you noticed um, over the years the has the has the makeup ratio of um, where acts are from changed much or pre- like I feel like there's probably a lot more locals now than when they had to probably bring a lot over. Do you or is that incorrect? Look, probably. I mean, the the number of International acts that the festival produces kind of around the same, but then mm. the, the amount of local acts either being produced or being independent has got, got bigger. So, mm. but also a lot of internationals come out with other producers now too. So. That's true, yeah. Um, but in those days, it was you know, I don't know, I, I couldn't tell you, but it felt like it was a small part of it. Um, yeah, maybe that's just in my head. Of yeah, yeah. I feel like back then they were probably bringing a lot over from like Edinburgh and yeah, yeah. England and that was that was beginning the, to be Irish the train. And Scottish yeah yeah and then as Australians gradually see on telly like you yeah. you know your Husies and that then like, yeah. I, I can do it and people start going along to it. yeah and I, and now everyone wants to do it yeah <laughs> and it's like um yeah because I was just gonna say like so. So I first met you when you came up here doing the, the, the gigs with the sit-down that, but the first time I knew of you was um, Skit House. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, had a, you had a few characters, right, but um, one that sticks out the most to me is the, the British, the English bowler. The, uh, the English batsman. Yeah, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah it obviously stood out a lot for me that I <laughs> – no, God, but I just remember you being Gleason's nemesis. Oh, Gleason's nemesis. Yeah, yeah. 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 Was, um, so was that, um, was that like a, gr- a group – of you that come through together or um uh, it was an interesting one that we were hand-picked by rove essentially who was yeah. producer um but because rove knew us all from the performing world he chose well like he chose people that he knew yeah. would we weren't all known kind of writing partners apart from tripod who were selected as a group um we were all like 
you know, and I, people I, who'd work with other people. Like, yeah, I probably created that in my own mind that you were yeah, like, yeah, no, we're, you're we're, this, you know, you know, like you've got like Yarny Donna, that sort of thing, yeah. where they're mates, they meet at uni or whatever. Yeah, no, was, I, it, I probably created that in my own mind head, that you're all yeah. mates. And well, that's a good it. sign though, because yeah. it did. Well, you feel, did have that. It did yeah. feel cohesive, and yeah. like right from day one, we had it, and we weren't given really any remit. There wasn't like, here's the brief. This mm. is what you have to do. They just put us in a room and start writing. Yeah, uh, and we, well, you know, it's great when people have their things they want to see. Yeah, and then, oh, and then when like Australian fast bowler would pop up, it's like, oh hell yeah, you know. Like, well, that was all Glee, so so he wrote all that. But then, because something, when something would go well, would would you know? Yeah, and usually sometimes you might write a few of the, but you didn't always write. Things, the same things with are like going to be. SNL in America, like yeah, Wayne's World and stuff that grew out of just skits that started yeah. on SNL, you know, and then. Um, but um, but, as, but as the Australian fastballer grew, um, I started. I, I can't remember whether it was I or he who came up with English bats, but it was kind of natural. So I kind of yeah. started thinking. We're just trying to think of ideas to change it up. And there was one episode where I played the Indian spinner. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do that today. No. Could not do that today. <laughs> um, and then I remember well, we yeah, don't have to go into. We that. don't have to go was into there, that. Was there a bit of uh, oh, there's a few makeup th- happening there's, there? There's a bit of there was a few makeup. Yeah, things. it was a simpler time, you know. Like, yeah. I'm not saying better or worse. Or <laughs> oh, there no. was one. I dressed up as Osama. This is a true story. I dressed up as Osama bin Laden one day. So you know, mm. let's just say there was a little bit of excessive makeup. Yeah, and we were being driven to, to one of those unusual ones where. We did, well, normally, like, you've got a unit bus and that's where you get dressed and change and mm. you just kind of walk to set. But for some reason, I was being driven from the skid house offices in Abbotsford all the way across town to a studio in South Melbourne. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm completely – so I've been made up, so I'm completely dressed as a son bin Laden sitting in a Tarago. <laughs> oh, God. And I remember I was stopped at the lights at Alexander Parade in Fitzroy and there was one of those guys with a squeegee doing the, <laughs> doing the windows and he kind of like just – I just used holding the thing up and he just like froze in front of me and he came around and he kind of tapped on my window with the thing and made me wind down the window and he went – Osama bin Laden. I'm like, you caught me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here I am. And yeah. then he... And then he it, no one would have thought to look in Fitzroy. Fitzroy, right? here he is. So I'm just joking. And then he said, this was... There'd just been a big um, terrorist bombing in in Madrid on a train, mm. and like literally like that week. <laughs> and he just he just slapped his chest and went, I am from Madrid. I mean, okay, we'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> I got drive up. <laughs> That's awesome. Um... <laughs> No, it's funny because, like, uh, what I was trying to link that from is um, I, th- I have a very similar thing where I got into stand-up. I did like it. I wasn't, like, I did, not that I hated it or didn't yeah. like it, but, you know, Carl Barron, which was very popular. Um, I wasn't, like, seeking out getting albums and that's yeah. what I mean. So, and, and then when you find out about open mics, they're, they're very accessible, you know. You yeah, just put you your name just down. Get, yeah, yeah. And get given five minutes and that sort of thing. So I started, but um, and I, I like, but I wondered. So so with Skid House because I, I was um, like I said, not huge in a stand-up. More I was more movies and and I loved yeah. like Full Frontal. And so did you have a bit of the things you're doing in Skid House? Did you have a love of that sort of thing before uh, that? Or was that yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. I did. I mean, I I was a fan of all those shows. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't like think I, it's anything. Underground no, but I've never I been – like, I'm, yeah. I'm not a comedy nerd. Like, I'm mm. not – Yeah, I was obs- the same. obsessive with any of that stuff. Comedy company, um, full frontal, yeah. And th- But then um, there was a real um, peak around with Skid House and you had a – I don't know if it was exact same yeah, time, but Channel 9 time. had Comedy Inc. Yep. Were they, like, the rival, the gang sort of So, yeah, yeah Comedy Inc. and yeah. Big Buy and Skid House yeah, all, all was came real. out, like, within the same year. I th- I can't remember the the exact order. I feel like we might have just got out of the gate first, but we all knew. Well, do you think is? I don't know. It's I'm trying to find the right words. I was going to say like kind of cannibalize, or you know that thing. Would it, would it be better sense, if you had the room to breathe? Or I think there's a sense, certainly in those days. I know for a fact that the networks used to go, "Oh, they're doing that. We should do that too. Mm. We're trying to beat each other." To the point where when I finished on Skid House, we got told... Um, are, you, are you saying entertainment execs aren't creative? <laughs> <laughs> this is breaking yeah, news. This is Sorry, ridiculous. No, Sorry, no. it's all lies, mate. Yeah, all I, I thought they're just the sharpest minds around. No, no. 
There was, a, the, there was a joke on the Simpsons ones. It was the exact same thing where they're like at a board meeting and they're like, yeah. Yeah, all right, get out your TVs, like flip through. What are we going to, what are we going to like green light? And then they're just looking at stuff and going, that's good. And that's the, good. But um, yeah, like, but it was like, it was a bit of a golden period, wasn't it? Because movies were being made too after the castle. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, like your Cracker Jack. Cracker and Jack and uh, Bad, Eggs. Bad Eggs and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it was uh, when we finished Skid House, we got told we had another season at the rap party, like that we'd been basically green lit, but then we never heard anything for ages. Mm. And then I got a phone call saying that they decided to change tack and they were going to make like a Saturday Night Live, like a Skid House Live, but not Skid House Live. Oh, it yeah. wasn't, wasn't completely the same cast, it was some of us. And like, let's take something good and wreck yeah, it. Yeah. So then we started making the show and, and we're all like, we're this same head writers, and we're like, this show doesn't know what it is. Like, they don't know what it yeah. is. Um, anyway, then we found out that Seven and I were doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And ours was finished first. But it was a dog. I remember the record was a dog's breakfast, um, and they just finished mastering it. And the day it finished, the building that the master tape was in burnt down. Oh god! It was on the news and everything. It was all like you know, all the skid house cast standing there watching their building go up in flames. No one got a copy or <laughs> back and up. It was yeah, so it got water damaged, and oh, it took god. three months to restore. By which time Channel Seven had already put their version out which was called let loose live they did two episodes mm. and they pulled it and then after that channel 10 yeah just, just went there's just... a live ones have struggled a bit because like i remember um yeah, there's been a lot of attempts you know there was like a ben elton one michaela yeah it's, it's hard to get right it's really oh, hard. very hard because yeah like i guess there's like all these we didn't pe- even part of the problem too we didn't even do a camera rehearsal or so the first time we did it in the studio was while it was being filmed and the audience were like standing you know like in a big gig where the audience yeah. was staying in the middle of the studio so there were three stages yeah. and the audience would have to turn around and what happened was that the audience was just constantly like oh where we look and so they would take ages to get to walk over and look at our sketch and sometimes we'd already been doing the sketch for 30 seconds yeah and distracted audience is no good. And, like, they were ducking, you know, ducking to get out of the way of camera yeah. dollies. And it was just – it was a debacle. God. But, yeah, it must have, must have been an amazing experience, though, you know. Also, like – Yeah. Because that was still – people were still watching telly then too, right? Like, yeah. that was – Yeah. There yeah, wasn't any um, YouTube or streaming yet and – um. Yeah, and early doors. Uh, oh, it's good. It's got, it's got big, 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 big well. viewers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And um, I think, obviously, like, and some of those you you look back, you're like, whoa, what? Like, you look back like full frontal, you think like Eric Banner, yeah. Julia, there's heaps, you know. And then, but it's the same with Skid House. Like, there's so much talent there too. Yeah. Like, like you were saying about like Roving Enterprises really having an eye for talent. And, yeah. And um. Like, for me, being in Brisbane, it, it was all that thing of, like, oh, I must have created in my own mind that you're all mates that just come through together. Yeah. As a, well, as we a, were in a way. Like, Tom and I were already mates um, and Tripod and I were mates. There was, there was an element of that. And also what was different about our show to the other sketch shows, not entirely, but certainly ours was we were all writer performers. Mm. So we had some... So you didn't have people. We had head writers. Um but there were, there were only, like, two or three writers who didn't perform. So, like, when we get into the run of the season, we would be able to write less, but we would have, like, six weeks of writing all together before we even started shooting. And that could be good for getting a feel of what's going to work as a performer. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes it can get lost where writers write something Absolutely. that doesn't. And in some cases, like, I know for a while their Comedy Inc. was being written in Sydney and the performers were in Melbourne. So they weren't even that. in the same place yeah. and couldn't talk. Whereas with our show, a writer might write something and say, I want you to play this character and they could just talk you through it. Yeah. Even for the pitch read. Yeah. Let alone the camera camera read. So you nearly always knew when you went to film a sketch what the writer wanted. And that was really important. You wanted a political joke and they're like, what's going on in Macquarie Street? And you're like, Macquarie, it's spring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, no, I'm joking. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, well, um, that's that's great. So, like, then when... um, what, what what sort of came next after um, you sort of... Well, I went through a period of doing heaps of TV for about four or five years and then it, 
carnival stopped for a bit and that's where I went, oh, I need to, you know, you, as you know as a performer, you, some things dry up. Yeah. So you've got to have the live thing is the thing you can control the most. So I remember just thinking I've got to make sure I've always got stuff happening live. So then I just kind of went back to writing shows, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I was still doing bits and pieces of media here and there and guest roles. but um, And then I kind of got into a rich vein of writing successful one-man shows, including The Merger, yeah. and became a, then I, became a film. And I've kind of got known for that now for writing. I guess of, some of – with live, you can control it more. Like, oh, I can show up to a town yeah. as long as it's got a yeah. hall or a theatre. Some to of that media you know. stuff, it's out of your control, with, yeah. which I've found – and I'm over the years trying to deal with the mental health aspect of the highs and lows of someone says, we want you to do this, and then the next level above goes, no, nah, we don't want that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to deal with because you start seeing yourself in that role. Yeah. And you start spending the money. That was, yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. the worst thing seeing. The- you get, I mean, I've certainly got better at that of like you do an audition, oh, that went really well, but then you just, you've just got yeah. to not think about it because oh, you've got no idea. I'm terrible what's- with auditions. I'm, yeah. I'm very thankful you, you didn't audition me for the murder. You just said, <laughs> you've got it. <laughs> no, I, don't, I was like, I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm, but though, I realise it's competitive because yeah. prob- there could be so many people going for that and it doesn't mean you're bad. Yeah. But it still doesn't. It hurts because it's like Well, it was interesting. It. I mean, you were one of only a couple of people when I was writing the film <laughs> that I had in mind. Like I just knew you. I just knew you were Porterhouse, and I knew Cody was Goober. Yeah. But I made I made I made Cody audition. <laughs> That's good. Um, and he nailed it. He was absolutely spectacular. And well, it's such an amazing experience. We're talking about the merger. Like I'm, I'm so thankful for that. But and that was like it was so cool because like there was a few of us. Well, you know, people like you talk about studying. I never studied anything. Yeah. I just went to the open mics and, but. There's, like, legit awesome actors there, right? Yeah, and yeah. Like, these are people, you know, like, Kate and I just, like, awesome theatre and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and you and me both, mate. Like, I was <laughs> so intimidated by yeah. acting next to her and Faisal and Josh McConville. Like, yeah. Like, people have played Hamlet. Well, yeah, Bell Shakespeare. Crazy. And he, I'm the guy who talks about pies and yeah. chocolate milks and stuff. I mean, we've all got our place in the, the, the world of I do. Arts, I do but, remember it was... Um, I think we must have been all together on Baylor Street and Wagga and <laughs> the car drove past and yelled yelled stuff out to you and I was with Kate and Josh and that and I just went, Goxie is easily the most famous person in this world, <laughs> in this town anyway. Oh, I feel so, there's so many like embarrassing things to think back of. I, me- I remember going off at Cody because we've got a different views of things. Yeah. Is that like alpha, yeah, you yeah. know, Bill Burr sort of the states, all that. And then I was like, oh... Because I put up a post on one of my social things. Oh, I'm going to be at this pub if you want to say hi. And I, someone came down. They're a little bit punishing, as can happen. You know, most people are lovely. 10% can be a bit punishing. And yeah. I'm explaining it. And then Cody's like, oh, that's why you don't meet people. <laughs> and I went off at him because I'm like, I have a different viewpoint. Yeah. But then I realised, thinking afterwards, like, there's no one set viewpoint. And yeah. there's probably something in that of just separating the act from the... But I wanted yeah, to be an yeah. everyman where I'm just like, come up. Come so up, yeah, yeah. You're probably from that, you know, we both have into punk and stuff, that punk sort of like outlook of, you know, punters going up on stage and being a part of it. And yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Like, I don't mind being approached, but there is that, you know, yeah. there's also a period where you just, yeah, you want to be left. Yeah. But your your comedy and your approach to stuff is quite different. It is, yeah, it yeah. is very much. I'm going to be here, come out of yarn. Yeah, like, and, and that's why people love it. You know. Yeah. Well, that's what I realised <laughs> afterwards. Where I was like, if I could go back in time, I wouldn't have uh, gone off at Nick. But we're fine, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was. It's like, like, oh man, just so such a memorable time, and it was great. But uh, yeah, yeah. One, that was one of the best experiences <laughs> of my life. Well, that was that. Talking about dealing with things in, in life and the yeah. mental side of it, and um, I was I just want to get that feeling again, you know. But it's like yeah, I know what you mean because it's it's that I, I love doing stand up and stuff, but there's a certain sort of loneliness to it solo, and yeah. th- it was almost that. And I've always been in loved sports and stuff, but haven't never I was never really at anything where we did a um, 
a, a camp or a, a trip. Yeah. And that really felt like a team. Because like yeah, yeah. we're in this town, we've got to get this project done. And then I've told it a million times with the classic story of Ben Knight saving my life in the river, which is yeah. I still think back to, like, you know, what would happen? In, in a serious way too, but yeah. laugh a bit, but he literally did save my life. You yeah. Know? And, it's amazing, but yeah, amazing time, and and then the catering—that's a big memory. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it, but yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah, for those who don't, those who haven't experienced it, like shooting on a film on TV is fun anyway. But when mm. it's location and you're all and yeah. you're all away from your home and that yeah. place is in, yeah, it is. It's like school camp, mm. and you're doing something you really love. Yeah, and, and we, that was quite early for me. I'd just moved to Victoria not yeah, long right. before with the purpose of like, oh, uh, you know. Living in Brisbane, even though mm. it's it's a pretty big city, but think more things are happening down south. Yeah. So I went down, and it happened pretty quick getting asked, and then it's not. And then you find out later it's not a realistic, like it's not going to repeat itself all yeah. the time. Well, I'm a bit yeah. the same, you know. Like, I, it's, like where's, where's the next movie? Like, yeah, 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 people get saying to me, "Yeah, you, what's the next?" I'm, I'm pretty jealous. I'll see Nighty. He gets a few, but like, yeah, yeah. I, I get I get uh, guest spots yeah, and stuff, but yeah. nothing. And I'm writing stuff and trying to get yeah. stuff happening. But, it, you know, even if you have a successful film like The Merger was, it's, it's no given that you're going to get it again. No, I'm no. trying. But, well, yeah. it was a huge effort to get it up and going. And, yeah. And, um, and there's so much involved and, like, um, yeah. And then there's the realities of, like, you need the numbers and everything, which I know mm. about as well. Because it's that thing of, like, individually people tell you, I love it, it means so much to me, and which is awesome. It's yeah. great to hear that. But then there's the reality of, all right, can you also tell, like, 10,000 people? 10,000 other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, so as I said, thank you so much. That was an awesome experience for having yeah. me on. And, um, oh, man, I loved so, it. You, uh, you nailed it. <laughs> oh, thanks. Loved having um, you there. I was like, I was... Uh, I was I was quite chubby at the time. I wish I could. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can, can you do a bit of uh, photoshopping on, the, on all the chins? And well, that? they yeah. could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we, we we we'll wrap up soon, but we just do this segment where uh, on have a yarn with me. Yeah. I've done two so far, and it's uh, it doesn't have a title yet, but it's basically we look at Wikipedia together. Did you come up with something, Damo, for um I did, Wikipedia? yeah. So this is a Wikipedia page that I looked at quite recently because I've just moved house in Melbourne. Um, You've gone, gone to the Wild West? I've gone to the Wild West. So <laughs> I previously lived in Preston Thornbury for the last 15 years, but I've just moved into the, the wonderful village of Yarraville. And um, as I was wandering around on my first week in the town, I discovered the Yarraville Trugo Club. Mm. And the I just wanted to tell you, I actually know Yarraville well because I... S- I stay with my friend Jonathan Schuster when I went oh, down Schuster, there. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was I was half joking about the Wild West because it's, uh, it's a little quite, bit gentrified it's these It's quite days. gentrified. I, um, yeah. One night I, I'm accident, I was getting the train back to Yarraville and I accidentally had a quick quick nap, so I went a couple of stations too much. Then I walked through Seddon, which is like yeah, yeah. I'd heard back in the day it was meant to be quite like sort of like romper stomper a bit rough and yeah. now it's like hundreds of craft shops. And, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But anyway... Uh, Trugo, was it? Yeah, we'll look at this Trugo page. Uh, I'll bring it up. So we'll just quickly run through. Uh, so this is my new segment, looking through Wikipedia pages. Tr- I'll start off. Trugo, and that's T-R-U-G-O, but it says alternatively, <laughs> Trugo, again, which is basically just with a capital G, <laughs> or the alternative is true, T-R-U-E hyphen go. So th- these are the options of what you can call it. But anyway, basically it says it's an Australian sport where a rubber ring is struck with a mallet so that it passes between a set of posts. So can I've never actually played this. I have heard about yeah. how it's um, interesting in that it's like a very unique Melbourne thing. Yeah. But just from reading that, um, I'm getting an image of like kind of croquet. That's Yeah, it's like extreme croquet, Doxy. <laughs> It's um, so we've got like ramps and vert ramps. And <laughs> it's more, it's more that the mallet, like the mallet looks a bit more Viking. <laughs> I actually oh, saw yeah. a dude when I was walking around town, I saw a bloke with a uh, Craig, uh, with a Trugo mallet, and I went, Zilla, Zilla, my wife. I said, that, that guy's got a Trugo mallet. So we followed him and found the Trugo <laughs> club in Footscray. That's awesome, but yeah, um, so I don't know how much you want to read or what you want me to tell you, but it kind of goes on to tell you. It started in the 1930s. Well, it says here four, four clubs, but they're all in the West, so it hasn't yeah, yeah. made its way. 
Well, it started in the Newport rail yards. So it was just, just you know, classic blokes with just with sticks and stuff around. They just yeah. started fiddling. And one of the theories is because the the rink – so it's played on something like a croquet field mm. or a bowling green. Yeah, I, I think I have seen. So the rink is exactly the width of uh, an old Red Rattler train carriage. Wow. And the, um, the goals – uh, exactly the width of the doorway, and there's some theory that when the first they first started playing it, they used to because you hit you hit the mallet, you hit the ring, so it's like it's like a small rubber wheel really. You hit it backwards, so you face away from the goals, and you smack it with the mallet between your legs, mm. and then you try and get it through. So they reckon that maybe how it started was they would get in the old disused train carriages and try and smack it down the carriage and get it out the door. That's awesome, yeah. Um, which I kind of, you know, it, it rings, it kind of rings true. There's a big mural in Yarraville with that. With that, it's got the red rattler and a bloke smacking the mallet. Yeah. There's two ways you can do it. You can tunnel, they call it. That's where you go between your legs. But then when women started playing, because it's the 1930s, they couldn't get, they couldn't hit through their skirts. Oh god. So they call it side swiping. But you need a longer mallet. So, oh, now I want to give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's spread across Melbourne at the start of the 2020 season. The Prince or Trio teams are Ascot Vale, Brunswick, so heading into the sort of Essendon area. Yeah. Uh, Footscray Donuts, Footscray Gumnuts, Port Melbourne, so it's headed south side. Yeah. Sandridge, I don't know where that is. Sandridge is, was the old name for South Melbourne. Oh, okay. Um, no, it was the old name for Port Melbourne. Oh, okay. So there was like Emerald Hill was South Melbourne and Sandridge was Port Melbourne. Oh, okay. And Yarraville, yeah. Uh, and I think those, like the Footscray, there's like two clubs in the same clubhouse. They're just... Just, Rival, just to get yeah. more teams. Yeah. So it's gone through it it's gone through different stages. I think at its peak there was like twenty clubs around Melbourne. South Yarra is as far around as it got. Mm. And they reckon they got up the railway lines. So for a while there were teams like in um Shepparton and the, as far as Wagga. Yeah. Um just gonna do a little video. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's um, gone out of Melbourne a little bit? So it did originally, but there's no... <laughs> Maybe I'll do it. Yeah, do it that way. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, again, the rail yards was part of it. It kind of moved up, so I reckon we're in rail workers in, um, you know, on that line. Mm. Would have started, yeah, you know, the Sydney to Melbourne line. So there was clubs in Albury and Wagga, and but no, there's no for, apart from anecdotal evidence. There's no buildings or anything left, but you can still see little ghosts of it. Like I lived in Preston, and there's a Preston mm. Trugo Club right next to the Preston Market, yeah. but the rink's gone. It's now a car park, but the little sheds still. Yeah, there. I love finding those little <coughs> remnants. You know, yeah. find a little bit of tram track or yeah. But the, in, in a road or something. The formalisation of it's part of the, is a great part of the story, Goxie. What happened? These places used to play in the rail yards and it wasn't a formal game or anything, but one bloke, his name was Harry Greaves, when he retired, he decided to kind of keep in touch with some of his, you know, blokes who same age. They used to go down and practice on the the docks, basically the floodplains, which are now the docks in Melbourne, yeah. near the Arable Gardens. And he started formalising the rules and then this German guy came along and he started, he loved it. <laughs> he wasn't from the rail yards, but he thought, let's... Let's start writing the rules down. And so they made it a thing. It was like for retired blokes. So originally you had to be 60 or over to play it. It's a bit ageist. Yeah. A bit ageist. Yeah. 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 So that's how it started. Um, and then it, within a four years they had an association and and then eventually the, the age thing kind of got dropped. But, yeah, essentially it was just an th- activity for retired blokes to keep in touch and keep active and smacking <laughs> the shit out of a rubber ring. Yeah. It was pretty like, you know, obviously there's like I love finding out things how they developed you yeah, know because yeah. like obviously we brought cricket over from england and then footy this was has gone like, nowhere like yeah. it barely even left melbourne yeah it's yeah. great is it, which is either like is it is it the other places just said not nah, not for us like. I, I don't i just don't well because they're all working class blokes yeah. so they weren't travelers they, yeah, they just didn't go, get they weren't going oh well, now i'm gonna go and live in you know switzerland or yeah there, there was only it's only more of the more recent globalization that there's been. That I think Anthony Bourdain did a story on it on his show No yeah. Reservations, and so there's been a bit of interest around the world. But yeah, it still hasn't. Yeah, well, I, I actually love like 
people use it as a negative thing, but like, because I'm into um, American football, like NFL, mm. I like that things are like localized, you know? And then, oh, so. and then when the best fun is when those like, remember when we tried to play Ireland in that hybrid game? And yeah. it's like trying to work out whose is it more a bit like? And it's oh, like, that's what well, we, we do. It's like, We've got their ball, their goalpost. Yeah. And, uh, but then, that, do you remember when um, they were saying we were too rough? Cause, yeah. Because yeah. we're pro- professional and they're amateur. And yeah, like, I, remember guys, you, I remember the game where that you, blew you, up. They were like, guys, you're, you're, you're pumping iron all day. we got to go, yeah. like, get potatoes from the, the field. Yeah, and, in the cold yeah. lines during the day. <laughs> yeah. So well, there you go. True go. Well, thank you, um, Damo. I hope uh, people listening have learned. Trigo and can get get out to the local Trigo club and give it a go. Well, next time you're down staying with Schuster, we'll uh, yeah. They're only open in summer, so we'll, uh, we'll go um, on. We I don't know. Do you know where he lives? He lives um near the McDonald's and the Seven Eleven, no, no, yeah. right next to the footy field. So oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, the right. Eagles, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I walk around Yarraville and it's it's uh, I'm getting to know it. Cause, uh, it's a very cute part of the world. I yeah. Like well, my my dad's side is from Southside around Corville. So the first part of my life going to Melbourne, I only knew that, and I've gradually added more. Yeah. And then I lived north, and now I'm getting to know where. So, yeah, it's like coming full circle. But <laughs> Maybe there's some yeah. weird sport that's evolved down the southern suburbs. Yeah. So people, probably. Right, yeah. Throw money out the window so they can <laughs> Something maybe, make it land on the bonnet of their Merc. Yeah, maybe Warney invented some <laughs> a poker, cricket, ciggy hybrid. Yeah, <laughs> flick a dart through yeah. an open window. I know. Oh. Dardo, Dardo, he called it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Damo. I hope uh, hope you've enjoyed. Pleasure, mate. Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks for It's been good me. chatting with you and... Um, Obviously, you'll have left Brisbane by the time this comes out, but people can check out. What's some things people can check out? Just, um, you, you tour, you tour pretty hard. You're a I do road tour dog. pretty hard. Um, well, I think I'm just encouraging people to get out and see uh, Town Killer and Porterhouse as soon as possible. Yeah, we should get that great, going. Great new double act. Yeah. <laughs> no, check, yeah, check Damo out. He's he's um he he works hard. He's, he'll be coming to a town near you. So. Um, thank you very much for listening and um, yeah, hope you enjoyed. See ya.